We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is December 6, 2021. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. We're we're five days here into December, Jonathan. I have already watched Elf. I watched it last night. Um, my favorite Christmas movie, definitely. Um, Christmas Vacation's right up there, but we watched that last night. Introduced uh, Harper to the classics, so uh, we'll continue to do that throughout December. So uh, it's it's off to a good start. The Magic could have been three and zero this week. Um, so yeah, I mean it was a, it was a pretty good week all in all. Is Home Alone a Christmas movie? Or is it a movie that takes place during Christmas? Home Alone. It's you will okay. So here's the argument that it's a Christmas movie. The reason that you can the argue argument it's a that it's movie, a Christmas movie is it is a Christmas movie. That's well, yeah, yeah, because they're, they're going is. out of care. town on Christmas. Are people debating this? Oh, it's a debate. Yeah, it absolutely is. But they're going out of town for a Christmas family thing yeah. to do Christmas there, and it. Well, okay. the thing is, the movie itself, the plot doesn't have anything to do with Christmas. So people mm. say, well, it's like Die Hard. Like Some people say Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. It's just a movie that happens to take place during Christmas. And you know, I'm just like, absolutely uh-huh. is a Christmas movie. Like When you think of Christmas movies, Home Alone comes to mind. When do you watch Home Alone? You don't watch it in the middle of the summer. You don't watch it on Halloween. Mm. You know what I mean? Like You watch yep. it during Christmas. Like... During Christmas time. I think the world's decided it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, I think so, and everyone else that hasn't is uh, is just wrong, to be They're fair. Just, like, that's they just like hot takes. About it. Yeah, bad takes. All right, folks, a couple of uh, housekeeping things really quickly in terms of our Patreon. If you guys haven't heard, we started a Patreon recently. Uh, we've got quite a few folks that are you know supporting us financially. Really, really appreciate that. If you guys would be interested in that at all, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Uh, we have three different tiers with varying benefits, so would encourage you guys to check that out. Again, we really, really appreciate that. Going to shout out our current uh, current patrons, 
starting with Court Cousins, our guys, uh, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Norm L, Magic Player History, and Julio. Really appreciate your guys' support. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, we're hoping that you guys all have you know, a good holiday season and, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, all that good stuff. And, uh, Luke, you, you see I'm not coughing, I'm not choking. Uh, That's good. Like I was when I, you know, wished a happy holidays to everyone else on our episode <laughs> of uh, Shoot the Shot this week. But, yeah, guys, um, 50% right now over the last 28 days of our subs- or viewers on YouTube are not subscribed. So if you're watching this on YouTube, take two seconds, hit that subscribe button. Really will help us out a lot. Luke, let's talk about the magic this week. Each week we do our weekly State of the Magic, uh, where we just kind of recap the week for the magic and, and how they are doing so far on the season. Your Orlando Magic went 1-2 and two this week uh, with a 101-96 to 96 loss in Philadelphia to the 76ers, a 108-103 to 103 win against the Denver Nuggets at home in Aaron Gordon's return, a 116-118 to 118 loss in Houston to the Houston Rockets. Right now they sit with a record of 5-19, and 19, Luke, which is the second-worst record in the Eastern Conference. It is the second-worst record in the NBA. They are currently 27th in the NBA in offensive rating, 26th in defensive rating, They are 29th in overall net rating. On Sunday evening, Tankathon.com actually has the Magic. I tweeted earlier today that Tankathon had the Magic back with the toughest remaining strength of schedule in the NBA. Uh, But looking right now, it's actually the Lakers. So sometime between 1 o'clock, whenever it was that I tweeted that out, and now um, the Lakers actually have the toughest remaining strength of schedule in the NBA. But it's crazy that we feel like the Magic have had such a tough schedule to this point. And, Luke, they still have one of the toughest remaining schedules in the NBA. Uh, Real quick to the injury report. We've got a a new player on the injury report, unfortunately, this week. Jalen Suggs suffered a fracture to his right thumb Monday against the 76ers. Good news is that the fracture should not require surgery. He'll be reevaluated every two weeks. So we're hoping to see him back uh, very, very soon. And then Cole Anthony returned to the lineup on Wednesday against the Denver Nuggets after missing six games, Luke. Um, I guess we really we can talk about Jalen Suggs just for a moment here and kind of what you think, uh, you know, the surgery or not the surgery, the the injury means uh, for him and, and for the team. I mean, honestly, that report, you know, thankfully it was not surgery. It didn't you know require surgery, but there's still the report of like he'll be reevaluated every two weeks. It's like, OK, how many times are we going to play this game? How many? Th- <laughs> so we, we know that it's probably not going to just be two weeks. Right. Um, especially with the way the Magic are. And, you know, not rushing guys back, especially given that, you know, the Magic aren't in win-now mode by any means. I mean, I'm fully prepared for it to take six to eight weeks for him to come back. Um, maybe more than that. I have no idea. Just the, the reevaluate every two weeks doesn't make me super optimistic. It'll be here in the next month. Yeah, Um. so for those of you, you know, that didn't watch the game, so Monday against the 76ers late um, in the late in the fourth quarter, Jalen is driving to the rim. Joel Embiid is trailing, just swipes down with the right hand, making a play on the ball. There is nothing malicious about it. Joel Embiid is just a huge, gigantic human being. Um, and Jalen immediately, like, you know, saves the ball from going out of bounds and uh, just holding his hand for, like, the next minute that he's on the floor. So he comes out of the game. The, uh, the initial report was that it was a sprain. He wasn't going to return to the game. And then during, like, the post-game, you know, interviews with Mosley, he, uh, you know, um, kind of lets it out of the bag that it's actually a fracture. So 
Um, he's definitely going to miss some time. Like you said, it sounds like it's going to be closer to, you know, six to eight weeks. Um, you know, I probably would guess that we're going to see Jalen back sometime around, you know, the all-star break. All-star game is February 20th. So, um, you know, maybe just before or right after the all-star break, if the Magic are going to be conservative, hopefully with a, a rookie like that, they're just going to want him back on the floor and we'll, we'll see him soon. But it sucks because, you know, I think people are kind of having a knee-jerk reaction like, oh, he was just starting to play so well. I, I mean, he was definitely starting to improve a little bit. I don't know that he was really turning the corner. It kind of felt like that, but um, I feel like people are just kind of react Like, they feel bad that he got hurt, that he kind of was playing well. But this is going to give him some time to, you know, kind of ride the bench a bit more, you know, work with the coaches some more, watch some more film. Um, you know, just hopefully he comes back, you know, better than ever. We saw Cole last year miss, you know, what was it, 20, 22 games with the fractured rib. And then when he came back, it looked like the, the game had kind of slowed down for him. So really hoping the same for Jalen. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Luke, let's talk Game 1 Monday at the Philadelphia 76ers. So this was the sixth game. It would be the final game without Cole Anthony. 76ers still playing without Ben Simmons, who is yet to play for the 76ers this season. Let's fast forward to the third quarter, Luke. Magic did trail at 11 by 11 at the half. They took a four-point lead with three minutes, 23 seconds to go in the third quarter. This is where I want to have the conversation about what Mosley was thinking in this game. Uh, Embiid hits a three to cut it to one. Again, 323 left to go in the third quarter. Magic call a timeout, and they sub in Mo Bamba, RJ Hampton, and Ignis Brisdakis. For Wendell Carter, Jalen Suggs, and Franz Wagner. Uh, and then from that point, fast forward to 8.13 to go in the game. Matisse Thibel scores, giving the 76ers an 87-80 to 80 lead. And then at that point, Mosley decides to sub back in Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter, and Terrence Ross for the rest of the game. And this was 4.54 left in the game. Jalen Suggs driving to the rim, gets fouled. He was fouled by Joel Embiid, although it was not called. Uh, just slaps down on Jalen's right hand, uh, fracturing his right thumb. 
And then uh, Mo Bamba actually tied the game on a tip dunk off of a Franz Wagner miss layup uh, in, with just about a minute to go. And then the 76ers closed the final minute on an 8-3 to run where Franz Wagner missed a free throw with 28 seconds left, which would have cut the 76ers lead to 2. And the Magic are forced just to play like the free throw game the rest of the way. 76ers make their free throws. Magic lose 101-96. to So, Luke, I wanted to talk to you about this before we get to the box score. But there has been some weird like timeout stuff, Mosley letting teams go on runs, like just really um, kind of like inexplicable, you know, kind of things that he's done. And for the most part, you've kind of just like chalked that up to, you know, rookie coach. He's, you know, still learning. What was really weird to me, we can, we can talk about this kind of run over the span of the you know end of the third quarter being beginning of the fourth. But when Jalen was fouled by, or was smacked by Joel Embiid, Immediately grabs his thumb, throws the ball back in bounds, um, is holding his hand the whole way down the floor, is doubled over at the other end of the floor. Philadelphia scores, okay? Franz Wagner inbounds the ball to Jalen Suggs. Jalen will not even dribble the ball, passes it right back to Franz, won't bring the ball up the floor, heads back the other way on offense, is sitting there basically doubled over holding his thumb. The only reason that Jalen was able to come out of the game was because Franz Wagner scored a layup that very next possession, and then Doc Rivers called a timeout. So if Doc Rivers doesn't call that timeout, I'm just wondering, like, it was very apparent that Jalen was in an incredible amount of pain. How long was Mosley going to leave him in the game? Because the kid wouldn't even dribble the ball. Yeah, yeah. I think that it just goes in. So I think it's... um. It's not usual for a head coach to struggle this much when it comes to like time managing timeouts and when to call them, when to not. But this just felt like something like you or I would know how to do. I don't know if he's just like that zoned out when, you know, as to what Jalen's doing and how he's acting. And maybe he would maybe put the blame on his assistants who maybe are, you know, saying things to him throughout the game and giving him, you know, some direction observations. But I don't know what it was, but somebody botched it incredibly, and you know, I I don't know, I don't I don't have a, an answer for what we were watching. Well, I kind of asked, like, like, are, are we sure that Mosley was hired to develop guys and try to win games, or was he just hired strictly to try and develop some of the young guys? Because if the goal is to develop guys while you're trying to win games. There is no excuse for what we saw at the end of that third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, where the Magic are up four, you make some substitutions, and then you bring everybody back now that the team is down seven. It was like, okay, we're up. I've got to find a way to sabotage this game. Now that we're down by seven, now I can get the guys back in and make it look like we're trying to win the game. I don't want to accuse Mosley of that, but I asked you and Kevin after the game, I'm like, was that intentional or is Mosley just still having this like much trouble trying to handle the rotations? And Kevin was just like, Kevin thought it was a horrible take. And then you watch the replay, you watch the game over and you're like, I'm kind of with Jonathan on this. Like, it looks like, like, what did you see watching that replay? Uh, the same thing you saw, man. Like as far as the rotations go, it doesn't make sense. Now, the reason that I would say that that I'm obviously still thinking that it's simply Mosley still learning, and I'm sure that's what you're really thinking. But for the sake of, you know, just just 
conspiracy. We all kind of like it. <laughs> so I, I I will say that it is a little bit alarming, but it, it's not alarming that he's not trying to win these games. It's alarming that he doesn't have a. It doesn't seem like he has a good feel for like the rotation still, um, when to put guys in, who's good, who's not. And I think that like the whole timeout thing kind of ties into it too. It just shows me like he's a very young coach. His feel for the game doesn't seem to be the best right now. I'm hoping that improves. And like you said, was he hired just to develop or is he hired to develop and win games? I think the immediate is to develop. It doesn't matter really who you've got as a coach, but uh, you know, at this point in time, because the magic probably hey, you, you put the best coach, you put Popovich coaching the magic. Maybe we have three or four more wins. Maybe. So, so I, I think that he is strictly there to develop. And if he turns in, if he himself develops into a great coach, he'll see himself long-term coaching the Orlando Magic. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll see. He he has done good. Like, we can't not credit, you know, certain things that he's done, right? I mean, the biggest thing that he he really has shown and under his, you know, tenure so far is, is Franz. Cole's continue, you know, continue to, you know, rise. Him letting Cole have the keys. Franz Wagner running point. Um, that type of thing, WCJ, Mo, those guys playing together, knowing they can coexist. That he has done a lot of good things. I don't want people to hear this and think that I think he's a terrible coach. We should give up. I think he just still is learning. I think if he puts all that together, then the Magic are in really great hands. I think that I, I do, I do love the things that he has added because what he has added is a lot of chemistry. He has not only added the chemistry, he has kept it there. So I think that there's a lot to learn for him. And uh, I think, unfortunately, it's going to take a lot of of losing, just like for the, the young guys on the team, to really improve. Yeah, I think I, I do feel like it's mostly that he was brought in to develop. And I think um, I, I'm, I'm kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt with some of these rotations where I think his goal is just to get guys onto the floor, allow them to develop whether or not the team, like regardless of result, like if you put RJ Hampton in there and you put Ignis Brisdakis in there and, you know, a a one-point lead turns into a seven-point deficit, like he's just going to ride that regardless because the point is to develop these guys more so than it is to win games. I hope he's not trying to develop Ignis Brisdakis, by the way. Well, my thing is like people, I I had an issue with Brisdakis being in the game and I was like, I would have rather have Mo Wagner in there. And they're like, oh well, you know, you know, the seventy sixers didn't have enough size in the game to really um you know allow you to get away with that. And I'm like, put Mo Wagner on Thibel. I'm not afraid of Thibel going off on Mo Wagner. Like Thibel is not an offensive threat. Is he a defensive savant? Yes. But I'm not afraid of Thibel like killing us if you put Mo Wagner in the game. And I at least I know Mo Wagner is gonna, you know, bump into some guys create some contact, get underneath guy's skin, hit the occasional three. Like, Brasdakis just gives you nothing. Yeah, I mean, he played he played seven minutes and was a minus eight. Yeah. like If, he, you're, if your plus minus is higher than the minutes you played in the negatives, it's not a great sign. Yeah. It is not a great sign. Him, it, it, yeah, him and, uh, yeah, him and RJ are, uh, are, are fun, you know. Well, one positive thing. Let's go to the box score, Luke. Uh, this was Gary Harris's best game in a Magic uniform so far. Uh, 16 points. You know, he was still starting um, in place of Cole Anthony. Uh, 16 points, six of, six of 11 from the floor, added five rebounds, two assists. 
Mo Bamba, 11 points, 17 rebounds, career high, six blocks in this game. And then Franz Wagner, 27 points, 11 of 24 from the floor, six rebounds, five assists, and a steal for Franz Wagner. Uh, for the 76ers, Seth Curry led all scorers, 24 points, 10 of 13 from the floor. You know, there was a time where uh, Seth Curry was in, you know, the Orlando Magic organization playing for the Summer League team. He was right there. If we wanted to sign him, we could have. We didn't. Seth Curry, Joe Harris was on the team at one point. We waived him after the, the um, Channing Fry deal. Just just think, the Magic really could use a guy like Seth Curry and or Joe Harris right about now. I was uh, watching back the game. I was thinking, you know, okay, at what point in the first half, you know, there came a point in the first half where four minutes to go, Curry hits the three from the right wing on with with Franz's. I almost called him Hans Wolf. Uh, with Franz's hand, hand. Okay, I was trying to combine those words with his hand in his face, uh, and put the Sixers up set, uh, up sixteen points. And at that point, that was my first like, this game's over. It, it, Seth is making everything. He hits it with with you know Wagner's hand in his face. Puts him up sixteen. There was no comeback from it. You have a terrible first quarter. You're you're down nineteen to four. Uh, you go four minutes and thirty seconds without a point until uh, Gary Harris's corner three in the first quarter. I mean, there was multiple times in that first half where I was just like, "It's over. That's a wrap." And and somehow, you know, the the Magic have a you know stay with them in the second quarter after getting outscored by the, you know what was it eleven or twelve points in the first, and then beat them by eight in the third. So. I really did. I there was a lot to like from that game, considering Cole Anthony wasn't there. And his, so far this year, if Cole doesn't play, the game does just doesn't go well remotely. So I, it was it was encouraging to kind of see that Franz and kind of the point role had five assists and I think five assists and like two turnovers. I, I think that he did he did really well. Well, let's talk about a game where Cole Anthony did play, Luke. So. Back home Wednesday versus the Denver Nuggets. Cole Anthony returns after missing six games with a sprained ankle. This was Jalen Sugg's first missed game of the season. Again, we expect him to be out quite some time with the thumb fracture in the right hand. Uh, This was Aaron Gordon's return to Amway. First time playing in Orlando since requesting and being traded to the Denver Nuggets back in March. Uh, Due to a poor shooting first quarter, the Magic found themselves down 63-47 to at the half. However, Magic outscored the Nuggets 32-20 to in the third quarter, found themselves just down four going into the fourth. And then Cole Anthony Monte Morris, to me, that was really the story of the fourth quarter, especially like the last seven minutes. Those guys are just going back and forth with the elbow jumpers. Um, really, you know, the team's kind of going back and forth. D- Denver going up a little bit, Magic coming back. Denver going up a little bit, the Magic coming back. And then Franz Wagner hits a step back three with 145 left in the game to give the Magic their first lead of the game, 106-103. to um, One of the in- ensuing possessions, Wendell Carter, who in-, in three games this week put the clamps a- at times on Joel Embiid, um, Nikola Jokic, just looking great, forces the travel on Jokic, and then the Magic are able to pull out the 103-108 to win, two free throws for Cole Anthony there um, at the end. Luke, I wanted to bring up this stat. Uh, from the uh, Orlando Magic, from actually Dan Savage. Now that I'm trying to pull this up here, um, the Magic, I believe they uh, shot 30% in the first quarter and then shot over 60% in the following three quarters. Let me go ahead 
um, and pull this up here. Yeah. So since 1996-97, the Magic game on Wednesday versus the Nuggets is the only time Orlando has shot less than 30% from the floor in the first and 60-plus in quarters two through four. The last team to do this prior to the Magic on Wednesday were the Utah Jazz against the Pistons January of 2017. Magic shot 27% in the first quarter, 66 in the second, 65 in the third, and 61 in the fourth quarter against the Nuggets. Just lit them up. And if you had watched that first quarter, Luke, you definitely would not have seen that coming. But what did you yeah. think from this game, and uh, what did you think about Aaron Gordon's return to Amway? Um, so first, Aaron Gordon's return. I mean, he 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 postered Chuma, so there was that. Um, I, I mean, finished the game with, with 17 and eight, seven for 12 from the field. Didn't shoot the three ball. Well, seen that one before. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to be disrespectful where anywhere I can. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, he played 38 minutes, a team high, uh, 38 minutes, actually a game high as I'm looking at it. Uh, and then I did want to point out, Jonathan, the magic, even though you use the term lit it up, which they did from the field, right. in second, third and fourth quarter. They did not at any point light it up from three. They were they were six of twenty seven, shot twenty two percent. I'd like to know this this statistic. Uh, I don't know how to find this out. It'd be a lot of digging, a lot of searching. We need a we need a we need a staff of just researchers, by the way, that work for free. Uh, yeah, um, work for, for free labor. <laughs> because I've got a lot of thoughts in my head about like I wonder when, I wonder when, I wonder when. Well, you just right? need and, to ask David Steele. David Steele's got the hookup, you know. Okay, that's true. So I need David Steele then to tell me the last time that no Magic player had over one three-pointer made, and they won the game. The The Magic had six threes, all from a different player. All five starters had a three, Jonathan, and Terrence Ross had a three. Um, other than that, just really struggled. I know that Mo Bamba struggled, I believe, the most from three. Um, I think he was like one for one for six. Yeah, um, Cole was one for five from three. So that was interesting to me, but... The most impressive part about it is that when you're not hitting threes, you better be getting into the paint. The Magic outscored the Nuggets 66 to 38 in the paint. And obviously was the biggest contributor there to winning the game by five. So I, I think that it was an impressive win. Obviously, it was good to win in Aaron Gordon's return. Cole with the 24 points. WCJ yet again, 18 and eight. I mean, what else can we say about the role? 72% he... from the floor, by the way. Like you talk about points in the paint. Yeah, look no yeah, further than 11. Dell. Can we, can we do that? By the way, like people have slowly been like going with Dell instead of WCJ. Can we just change the Dell? It's so much easier to say. It is when I think uh, of Dell, I think of Dell Curry. I just think of computers, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But, um, but I like Dell. But, it just it just kind of rolls off the tongue. It's much easier to say. I do too. But my issue in switching has been. Even before he was with Orlando, he was referred to as WCJ. Yeah. So like that 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 was it's been a hard switch for me. I'm not gonna lie to you. I have well, someone on like a YouTube channel uh, on our YouTube channel. I think commented out the other week and was like, nobody calls him WCJ anymore. First of all, buddy, I did. So second of all, I'll get to Dell eventually. Do you remember last Dell year last when once. we weren't calling uh, Mo Wagner Mo? They were calling him Vic. Yeah, you remember that? Like that was a weird thing that we went through. But no, I'm 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 on the I'm on the Dell train. I, I it's just easier to say. Yeah. I appreciate it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But um, yeah, that was just kind of my 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 two cents, Jonathan, on the Denver game. Really impressive, really unique and weird game when you're you know no player has over one three pointer made and you still beat the Denver Nuggets, who are you know a great team despite their early struggles, beat them by five. So some some would say that's anything. I I think I think that uh I think that classifies as anything. And we, talking about this disrespect, on the next broadcast. what we're gonna see that on the next broadcast. Yeah, maybe we'll get credit for it. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but speaking of Aaron Gordon disrespect, so he he misses a late three, a late corner three in this game, and I tweet out, "Feels good to be on this side of a late game." Ag missed three. That tweet right now has two hundred forty nine likes on it. For most people, people that might it. not be a lot. For us, that's like we would we're in group chat. Like, yo, that that tweet popped off. So like, yeah, everyone was ready for the Ag disrespect. The Magic tweeted out Ag back tonight, and people are tweeting, "Who cares?" <laughs> Nobody asked. Your your wife got in on it. Yeah. yeah. So this is the story about uh, Aaron Gordon. So Aaron Gordon is drafted. Um, I think that it was like the home opener or something like that that year. Um, she found out that Aaron Gordon and her share the same birthday. So my my wife is a year older. Right. But uh, September 16th, uh, my wife and Aaron Gordon both born. Um, so she was a big Aaron Gordon fan. That day, posts a picture in her Aaron Gordon jersey. And uh, he liked my wife's Instagram photo. I, you know, I'm not going to get into Aaron Gordon liking my wife's Instagram photo. I don't want to get into people commenting on, uh, you know, my, my the photo I posted my wife and I on our Instagram, and and people are like, "Yo, damn," and like stuff like that. Like, that's the mother of my child. Please watch your mouth. Please be respectful. Um, this is turned into something that I I wasn't really planning on. But she was a big Aaron Gordon fan, and then. Over the years, you know, inconsistency as a player being one thing, his, um, I guess you would say, I don't want to say eccentric, but but unique personality, I guess we can say, you know, of Aaron Gordon. Just uh, over the years, just kind of wasn't the biggest Aaron Gordon fan. And then obviously the comments that he made once he was traded, which I think is the reason most people, you know, booed him or, or didn't care that he was coming back, whatever. Which, yeah, was a dumb thing that he said. If you don't remember, basically he's traded. First press conference with Denver is saying, like, I'm excited because now I can really go all out all the time. It's like, well, what the hell were you doing playing for us? He meant smoking weed. He he meant he could go all out smoking weed. (laughs) Yeah. As as we discussed as well, the altitude (laughs) is high. Yeah. That boys was up so damn high. (laughs) I'll never forget that that TNT thing. Um, But, yeah. But, you know, and then he says... um, Oh, like, you know, the trade deadline was so stressful. I was just waiting for my phone to ring. I didn't care who it was. I was thinking I was getting traded. But the thing is, I think this is the thing about Aaron Gordon is he is kind of a awkward guy. So I, I think what he meant to say was he didn't care who was calling his phone. He thought it was his agent calling with a trade. Not that he didn't care where he was traded. I don't think, and we can dispute that if we want, but I don't think that's what he was saying. And then the first game after, uh, you know, he plays in Denver, they get the win. He's interviewed after the game, and he says, you know, I'm really thankful for my time in Orlando. That's my home, blah, 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 blah. So, like, whatever. I choose to remember, if you're watching on YouTube, I choose to remember this. Like, the dunk contest, as ridiculous as that is to say about a player, um, when he was here, when he was, you know, for most of the, his time here, he always played hard, cared a heck of a lot about winning. After almost every loss, looked like he was about to cry in the locker room. So that's what I choose to remember 
about Aaron Gordon. Luke, do you feel, if you don't care to talk about this, we can move on. But if you have an opinion, feel free. I mean, I have an opinion, but let's, I don't. Let's hear it. Let, give me 30 seconds or less. Well, okay, I I don't I don't care about him. I think That's he's a fair. he's a he's a very mediocre player. I think that he he fits a role well in Denver if MPJ and Jamal Murray are healthy. I think the role that he's got now and you know probably feeling like he has to do too much. He's he's severe. He's it's the Evan Fournier syndrome. He is severely miscast. And uh, that is so disrespectful to Evan Fournier. <laughs> that is well, so disrespectful to Evan Fournier. He's miscast, and and uh, I, I think that uh, that Aaron Gordon's just not understatement an, of the year. Not a great player. So <laughs> that that's it. Oh man! And by no means somebody somebody like try to throw some shade at us and say like, oh, Aaron Gordon de- deserved a standing ovation. Like, get the hell out of here! I'm not yeah. I'm not comparing Aaron Gordon to Nikola Vucevic. Not even close in terms of right. the reception they should have got from fans. But, Luke, let's take a, a quick break to hear from our friends at Manscaped about the holidays, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk about the magic uh, playing the Rockets. Guys, it's holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer? Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code 6th. That's S-I-X-T-H at manscaped.com. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. Here are our picks for Manscaped surefire win stocking stuffers. Number one. The Manscaped 2-in-1 Shampoo Plus Conditioner just launched. Kill two birds with one stone. Number two, the Manscaped Cologne Infused Body Wash. Number three, Shears 2.0 Luxury 4-Piece Nail Kit. Number four, Crop Mops Ball Wipes for your stanky balls. Number five, Manscaped Signature Cologne. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know their products are legit. Make sure you hurry to their site to ensure these wild gifts show up before the holiday season. Whether this is for your partner, dad, brother, friend, get them something that they will actually use and it's almost sure to get a laugh. So get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code 6. That's S-I-X-T-H at manscaped.com. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. All right, Luke, game three of this week, uh, Magic in H-Town to take on the Houston Rockets. Um, This was the game that you and I both had kind of penciled in as a win for the Magic this week. We thought they would go one and two. They did. They did not win the game that we thought. Uh, Magic really just come out uh, pretty poor energy in the first quarter. Didn't shoot the ball well after a poor first quarter. Magic very strong offensive second quarter, scoring 32 points on 62% shooting to take a two-point halftime lead. Uh, the Magic, however, and mostly the starters, you know, were always complaining about the bench unit, but in this game, it was actually the starters, for the most part, gave up a nine-point third-quarter lead. They head into the fourth quarter down one, and then the Magic were actually down 101 to 114 uh, with 3.55 to go in this game. The Magic go on a 13-0 run. Tie the game on a Cole Anthony step-back jumper with 31 seconds left. Eric Gordon comes down the other end. He scores. 
Then Mo gets a dunk on our end with 16 seconds left tie game. And then Eric Gordon gives the Rockets a two-point lead with 1.6 seconds left. Cole Anthony, first of all, we can talk about the pass from Franz Wagner. Just absolutely ridiculous. Put it exactly where it needed to be to get Cole a really good look. And then Cole just barely misses the game winner. And the Magic lose 116-118. to 118. Luke, I know you want to talk about Franz. I know you wanted to talk about Cole and uh, you know some of his like game winner attempts so far. So I'll I'll uh, let you take it from here. Well, I think that the thing that has impressed me the most about Franz as of late is his passing ability. I, I mean, in that game against Houston, he showed it at the very end, right that you just mentioned, put the ball right where he needed it to go, and the only open space that Cole really could catch the ball after kind of getting away from his defender. Wagner finishes the game with with five assists, two turnovers, and I I mean it, he's he's been incredible in terms of facilitating for for someone his size. He had the exact same thing against Philly. He had the five assists, two turnovers against Philly. I'll take that any day of the week from from a, a guy like Franz Wagner for sure. I mean he he's he's been incredible. Oh, and by the way, um, against Denver, five assists, three turnovers. So. Five, he averaged five assists this past week, which is great. And and especially even when Cole came back, he was still able to facilitate. Um, and then Cole, I mean, what else can you say? 10 for, 10 for 20 uh, from the field, led the team with 36 minutes. I think the game before that against Denver, he played like 38 or something like that. Um, 26 points. I mean, he's uh, – it's ridiculous, man. It, it It is really ridiculous how good Cole and Franz have been. Um, and in that game, T Ross against Houston showed out, I mean, six for 12 from the field, 18 points. We'll take that from him any day that we can get it this year. Um, but then, you know, they, the Rockets, I mean, Eric Gordon, who got 24 points a night averages like 13 a game right now. So not to mention that, you know, you lose the turnover battle in a game that, that, that is that close. That really does make the difference. Um, I know that's the thing we've kind of been preaching this year with this young team, 18 turnovers, to Houston's 12. Um, so, and, and this, the stats look virtually the same, you know, the magic shoot 48.8 from the field, Houston, 47 from three magic, 35 Houston, 36 free throws, magic shoot 90% get to line 21 times, which is impressive. And Houston shoots 86%. I mean, they didn't do, we out rebound Houston by nine. Um, by all accounts, it really does seem like the magic should have won this game. The differential, the point differential throughout the week, Jonathan, uh, minus two for the Magic. Magic lose to Philly by five. They beat Denver by five. They lose to the Rockets by two. So, and that's a week where you could realistically say the Magic could have gone 3-0. I would have loved to at least go 2-1, especially against the Rockets, man. That game was there. It it really sucks. You've got to win those games against the teams that are equally as bad as you are. Yeah, I think that's um that's really the biggest issue that I have with this game. Um, you know, the Magic, you know, losing, you know, to the Rockets. I mean, the fact that in the final minutes you have to go on a 13 and 0 run to even make this a game is, is just like unacceptable or unacceptable. Um, like, you know, Magic are up 9 points in the third quarter and you give up that lead, you know, mostly the starters in the game at that point. Um, that just that really just can't happen. Like they just have such a bad shooting first quarter. Uh, again, shoot sixty two percent in the second, and then you're only up two at halftime. They just came out flat, not with a lot of energy. Uh, a couple weeks back, 
you know, Cole talked about um, after a, a game that they lost, he talked about how, how they have to respect every opponent that they play. And I don't care that you're going up against the Houston Rockets, who, by the way, came into this game on a four-game winning streak. Now it's a five-game winning streak. Um, you know, they're still, they've been one of the worst teams in the NBA so far. Um, but that's how I, I felt about this game. Like, it's the first game of a road trip. You want to get off to a good start and just kind of coming out flat against the Houston Rockets. And then you have to have this, again, like Herculean effort. We saw the same thing earlier in the year against the Toronto Raptors. Last couple minutes of the game, they go crazy, still end up losing that game on a, you know, they, they um, you know, miss a, a shot at the end. I believe it was Jalen Suggs, this time Cole Anthony, who, if you want anybody to take that shot at the end, it's Cole Anthony. But, um, you know, the, this should not have been a close game for the Magic. Like, I feel very confident in saying that the Magic are a better team than the Houston Rockets right now. Houston Rockets are playing really, really well. Now they're, you know, 6-16 six and 16 on the year. They have a better record than the Magic, but... Um, you know, they're on a, on a five game winning streak right now. So six now, six game winning streak now, excuse me. So yeah, they beat the Pelicans, tonight. beat the yeah. Pelicans tonight. There you go. As we're recording this. So, um, but yeah, the magic, you know, they, they don't have the right to go into any game with that kind of attitude. Like, Oh, this isn't a good team or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, uh, Houston Rockets in terms of, um, defensive rating, Houston is 18th in the league offensive rating they are 28th in the league so this is not a team that you should have let light you up for 118 by any means whatsoever um 330 plus point quarters yeah it's just it's really unacceptable again first game of a road trip um you know if this team is looking to turn things around they're gonna have to beat teams like the houston rockets like houston rockets pistons okc the pelicans like those bottom, you know, four or five teams there, those are are the the wins that you're hoping to pick up along the way here. Like most people have the Magic winning between you know like twenty to twenty five games. Right now, like we're on pace for like probably less than twenty uh, right now, if uh, if my math is correct. But yeah, I mean, if you just look at the box score for the Orlando Magic outside of the turnovers, uh, the Magic should not have lost this game. Like you shoot forty eight percent from the floor. That is not a, a game that the Magic should lose. Like the Magic need to be winning those games all day. Like just really, really disappointing loss out of the Magic. Like this was the game again that you and I both had circled that this was going to be the game that they win this week. Um, you know, you're up at halftime. You know, you're up in the third quarter, and then you just crap the bed for you know the the next twelve, thirteen minutes, whatever it was to find yourself down 13 points with four minutes to go. I'm glad they went on the 13 to zero run. Cause this would have been a blowout if they hadn't. But my rule is always, if you want to have a shot at winning the game, it needs to be a 10 point game or less at the five minute mark. Like just watching games over the years, usually the, the games that are beyond that, you know, 10 points in the last five minutes, you'll almost never see those teams come back. If it's like a psychological thing, once you get the lead to single digits, you can make right. that up really, really quickly. Um, and the Magic have shown, you know, they go on a 13-0 to zero run over the course of, you know, three and a half minutes. And, you know, if Cole hits that shot, we're having probably a different conversation. But I was just frustrated the Magic even put themselves in this kind of position. People are going to think it's ridiculous that I feel this way because the Magic are not a good team. But if you want the Magic to be a good team eventually, these are the kind of games that you have to win. And these are the type of winning habits you need to have. 
when you have an opportunity to beat a team that you should beat on the road, you're up nine in the second half. You need to put your foot down on their neck, keep your foot to the pedal, and you need to win the game. And the Magic just were not able to do that. And in a moment here, Luke, we're going to talk about the schedule next week. And we're looking at a a very good chance um, because of a few different factors that will break down. But we're looking at a really good chance of this being an 0-5 road trip. Yeah. I mean, you... (laughs) If you want to just go ahead and get into the week ahead, Jonathan, we can. I, I mean, looks like you know we've got Warriors, Kings, Clippers, and then you know that Clippers game, nice, two thirty p.m. And then you turn around, and you play the Lakers at nine thirty Eastern the very next day. Uh, it is West Coast, so everybody, well, three thirty p.m. Luke's looking at Central Time. It is three thirty p.m. True. Eastern. Yeah, so. I'm sure that you guys will get a you know late night snacks with Jonathan um, segment on <laughs> on Twitter or Instagram. I enjoyed that some last year. You did it a couple times, I believe. But what we uh, eat. yeah, what we eat exactly. And um, there's gonna be a lot of those. And and I think you might be eating your feelings away this week, Jonathan. Late in those uh, late at night. I mean, uh, Warriors, and then you've got two LA teams that are both at 500 right now. Um, still trying to find their footing, you know, stay healthy, those sort of things. So I think, you know, Jonathan, you, you have, you have to beat the Kings this week to, to manage to not, you know, go winless. Well, I, right now, if you look at the, the Sacramento Kings, like they just fired, um, you know, Luke Walton and now Alvin Gentry is the interim head coach, but they're still sitting at 10 and 14 on the year. So they haven't just been completely abysmal. They haven't been as good as you know they had hoped. They've won a couple extra games lately since Gentry has taken over. Um, but Sacramento, you know, we're not talking about them in the same discussion as like the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, but the next game, you know, coming up, you know, Monday here, uh, Golden State. So obviously that game starts at ten o'clock for us. So Golden State, after you know they just had two battles uh, with the Phoenix Suns um, last night Saturday, they lost at home to San Antonio. So, like, in the Steve Kerr era, especially when, you know, for the most part they're healthy, the Rockets don't really lose, you know, consecutive games a ton. So, I'm sure they're going to be motivated. They're going to come out. Warriors. What did I say? You said you said the Rockets. The Rockets. Good grief. No, just, the Warriors. Just want to correct you before anybody else does. Yeah, yeah but before Warriors. I sound more of like an idiot than I already do, I, I appreciate you, brother. But, yeah, the Warriors, um, they're going to look to bounce back against the Magic Monday night. What did you say right now? They're like a 13.5-point favorite over the Magic? Yes. Yeah, the Warriors are favored by 13.5. Yeah, so we can pretty confidently chalk that up, probably going to be a loss. And then so this is the issue when it comes to the Sacramento Kings. So if you look at their last you know week of games, so Tuesday the 30th, they're at home versus the Lakers. Uh, then their second night of a back-to-back, they're at the Clippers. Okay, And then they had Thursday and Friday off, played the Lakers at home, that was Saturday, okay? They don't play again until Wednesday, the 8th, against the Magic. So they have three whole days off to practice, prepare for the Orlando Magic before they play them on Wednesday. Anytime that you are playing a team at home and you have three days rest, um, you know the Magic are going to play in Golden State Monday, and they'll fly to Sacramento. They'll have the day off Tuesday there, and then they'll play Wednesday. So we have one day of rest. So you just mathematically speaking... The, the Kings are going to be more, you know, prepared and, and physically prepared and rested to play that game. Okay. Then Saturday, okay, now you're in L.A. You've had Thursday and Friday off. However, the Clippers, they play 
uh, what is it, Wednesday, and they've got Thursday and Friday off sitting at home before they play the Orlando Magic. It's weird to have two teams sitting in the same city for consecutive days, and then they're they're not going to play like Friday, but they're, they're going to have both teams play on Saturday. Very strange scheduling there. There's no reason that these teams couldn't play on Friday um, other than you know just to give the Clippers another day of rest against the freaking Orlando Magic. Uh, and then when we look at the Lakers, so the Lakers play Friday at Oklahoma City, and then they'll be home Saturday, and then we play them Sunday. So it'll be the second day of a back-to-back for us. You'll get a little bit more rest than you normally would on a back-to-back because we play 3.30 um, you know, on, on Saturday, which is 12.30 local time. Seems like a really weird time to play a basketball game, but whatever. It'll be nice to have an afternoon game for the Magic. But yeah, um, in terms of rest, every team that we play this week has a, a rest advantage. So, um, Luke, I'm going to go 0-4 on the week. That's uh, That's how I feel, unfortunately. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm not I'm not gonna get cute. I'm not gonna say one and three to give the Magic benefit of the doubt. They're gonna sneak up on somebody. Very well could. Don't hear me incorrectly, but I I think that like you said and you know kind of have as we have flushed out, the Magic are not gonna be uh, having more rest than the opposing team at any point this week. So I think that it is pretty safe to say zero and four. And they're on the road. Like it's it's the you know hardest you know road trip of the year. It's the West Coast road trip. So. I mean, the the odds are, are really stacked against you from jump, but uh, yeah. So the Magic are basically going to have a six-game losing streak, one win, and then right now they're set up to have a five-game losing streak um, before they return home to take on uh, you know the, the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I think that's like the following Tuesday. So yeah, um, this is we've been talking about this for months, but this is like the gauntlet part of the schedule. Like if the Magic can get through the next month, um, you know, and everybody's still intact, that's when the team can really, you know, start to turn things around and and start to to accumulate some wins in the new year. Especially if you get Markel Fultz back anytime soon, which we're hoping for. Um, you know, it sounds like sometime in January we'll get Jonathan Isaac back. And then hopefully, you know, sometime in February, hopefully before the All-Star break, we get Jalen Suggs back. Get everybody back before the All-Star break, Luke. Have that, you know, nine days off or whatever a lot of these guys will get off. I know like Franz and and Cole especially will be playing in like the rookie sophomore, you know, USA. Cole will be in the All-Star game, but other than that. That there's a there's a there's <laughs> honestly there's a chance there's a chance for that. Let's before we wrap up, let's talk about that because I've been thinking about that. Like, in terms of team success, I think it's going to be hard to argue, but I would not be surprised if he gets at least some votes by coaches to be a reserve. He's not going to get voted in. Nobody's arguing that, but... No, right. Maybe he can be a reserve, or maybe, you know, he, you know, benefits from, you know, somebody tweaks an ankle prior to the All-Star break, and they're like, man, I don't really want to play. I'm good. And and Cole can kind of step in. We see that happen, it feels like, every year. At least the last two or three years, that definitely has happened. So we'll see. We will see. I'm not holding my breath about it. Um, they'll definitely play in, you know, the, the rookie sophomore game. Well, so, I mean, I don't know. There, there's not really much to add to it. Honestly, I, I think that, that Cole is obviously been the best player on the magic. I'm just hoping that, you know, he, he gets elevated once our team becomes fully healthy and uh, can actually, you know, play with a, a whole team. So in terms of like guards, um, and, and now they're really mostly just doing like front court and back court. So 
in, in terms of guards in the Eastern Conference right now, Cole Anthony is 10th in scoring, um, just behind James Harden. So 20.2 points per game. So I have a tough time, you know, seeing him, you know, leaping some of these other guys. So right now it's Demar, Trey, Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, Jalen Brown, Tyler Hero, Malcolm Brogdon, and then James Harden. I think we probably even see a guy like LaMelo Ball get voted into the game or yeah. even like a Fred Van Vliet or Darius Garland just because, you know, those guys have been in the league a little bit more. They have, you know, more notoriety. Uh, you know, Orlando, we're used to getting snubbed. So I'm not saying necessarily that Cole hasn't been as good or better than those guys. I'm just talking in terms of like a narrative. I we've, we've seen, We see it happen literally anytime any type of voting happens, any kind of list. We always get yeah. screwed in one way or another. So I think if Cole has another level to get to, which he very well might, um, if he takes it up one more notch, I think he would have a chance to make the All-Star game this year. But really just because of how piss poor the Magic are right now, uh, I, I think it, it's tough. But we definitely will. If Maybe if he plays the All-Star game, maybe he doesn't want to play the rookie-sophomore game. But if he doesn't make the All-Star team, which I don't think that he will, unfortunately, I think he can. Um, but I, I don't know that it'll happen this year just because of you know how bad we are. But seeing him and Franz in the rookie-sophomore game, like the hype around the Magic that night has the opportunity to be at an all-time high. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Franz wouldn't look great in a game like that because he's very much like a you know, very structured player. He can go out and get his own, you know, buckets. He's going to Eurostep everyone to death. Or just dunk on somebody. That There's definitely the possibility for that. But, uh, but yeah, it would be great to have everybody back after the All-Star break. Just take some time off, get everyone back healthy, and then, you know, over the last, you know, 25, 30 games, you know, if you can, you know, go 500 over the last 30 games or whatever and go into, you know, next year with some momentum – Kind of like the the Timberwolves did last year. The Timberwolves had a, a great end to the season, won a lot of games, like their last fifteen twenty games there, and then you know now you know they're they're in the the playoff hunt. So hopefully that's what the Magic can do. Last thing that I want to talk about, we talked about Greg Anthony and and some of the issues that he had with some um, narratives surrounding Cole Anthony this week. I don't want to get into that. If you guys want to hear us talk about that, you can go and listen to our shoot the shot episode that came out last week. But when I saw these tweets from Cole, uh, from Greg Anthony the other night uh, after the Rockets game, he said, this is a learning experience for the Magic. Did not come to match the energy and force of the Rockets. Not good enough to ever let the opponent outwork us. Learn from it. Get back in the lab. Bottle the last two, th- two minutes, 30 seconds, and understand the sense of urgency you played with has to have the other 450. We are getting better. Hearing Cole Anthony say, Cole Anthony, hearing Greg Anthony say we and hashtag magic together. When he says that the Anthony's are all in on Orlando, I really truly believe Greg Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty sweet to see my pastor this morning roasted sports fans who refer to themselves as we, when talking about their teams, I felt I've never felt so offended and convicted in a service in my life. Yeah. I try not to. I try not to do the the we thing. I don't, uh, I don't unless get it's the issue unless it's it. the Gators because uh, I put money into the University of Florida and you know have a degree from there. I literally went to the school, so I feel like I feel more right in it saying we and us and things like that. But uh, there's there's some validity to like you know the the we thing when referring to your own team. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I try not to as much, but but I I still do. I get it. Like you don't obviously you're not playing for the team. I I'm not that rich. Obviously, I'm not that tall. You're a fanboy. I'm absolutely a fanboy. I'm not going to dispute yes. that whatsoever. But when you care so much yep. about the team, like you know, you feel like I live and die with this team. I don't think anyone's surprised by me saying that. But like, yeah, I I care way too much about this team, and yeah, so I refer to it as we, and I I really don't care. So, <laughs> um, yeah. But when my pastor said that, I was like, I, I, we need to find a new church. What's going on here? You know what I'm saying? But no, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us this week, Luke. Um, yeah, we're going to stay up really late this week. We're going to record actually after the Lakers game on Sunday. So me, Kevin, myself will be starting that podcast, hopefully, you know, before 1am, but, but who knows? So, uh, yeah, uh, just pray for us this week and hopefully the magic can at least win a game. So that's just not a totally depressing and exhausting podcast for us to record next week. So but yeah, uh, for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Sixth Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Sixth Man Show, and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.